We are a community that can be somewhat set in our ways and somewhat resistant to change, like when they put bike lanes on 2nd Street down by the Capitol and the town seemed to lose its collective mind for a while. But there are a lot of people who use bicycles or even their own feet for recreation and for transportation to get around to do uh, essential things that people need to do. But how easy is it to do that and how many of those folks are out there? Well, a new study gives us some more insight into that and uh, leads to some suggestions on what we ought to be doing here in Springfield to make sure that there are ample opportunities for biking and walking in our community. The study put together by the Springfield Bicycle Advisory Council. Mike Clemens joins us with that group. Mike, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for inviting me, Jim. I appreciate it. Always good to talk about bikes. Oh, absolutely. And be, before we get into the details of the uh, recent uh, bike count that your group did, tell me, first of all, who exactly and what is the Springfield Bicycle Advisory Council? It's a, it's a nine-member uh, council. It's appointed by the mayor. Uh, we meet monthly, um, the second Monday of the month in City Hall. Meetings are open to the public if somebody wants to come, if they have ideas, want to hear what we're doing. Um, and the notion is to advise the city, advise the mayor on how to make, how to open up trans bicycles as transportation or bicycles uh, for recreation opportunities in the city of Springfield. It's one thing to just stand up and say, hey, you should have more bike paths, more bike lanes, more hiking trails, etc. You decided to back this up with some data. So tell me how you compiled the information that you uh, have pulled together and have uh, put out today in a press release. Okay. So we, we are blessed. We, ha we have a young woman named Taylor Sutton who used to live in Portland. She's a Springfield native. And in Portland, one of her jobs was with, with the Portland Planning Group, was uh, helping with bike count. So she pulled it together. She picked 31 spots around the city, and they tried to pick places where people using bikes for transportation, uh, people riding to and from work would use, and, of course, on the, on the, on the bike paths, which is more people for recreation, but not exclusively. I used to ride the Wabash Trail to get to work when I was at Revenue. So it's a little of both. She picked times, 7 to 9 in the morning and 4 to 6 at night for weekdays. And for the weekdays, she picked Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday because Monday and Fridays get skewed. So these are sort of normal times. And then on, on the weekend, the time was 9 to 11 in the morning. Um and that, th th those counts were more on, on the bike trails, trying to measure both bikes as recreation and bikes as transportation. So it was well thought out. We got a bunch, she got a bunch of volunteers. There were 31 different sites around the city. Um, the volunteer sat there, and she had a form. The volunteer sat there and counted the number of bikers, the number of pedestrians, the number of skateboarders, if there were any. I, did, I didn't have any in the counts that I did. Um, they went by, 
which direction they were going. If they were making a turn, I did that place where between Sherwood and Westchester where there's the connection. Mm-hmm. So I had to mark a lot of turns on, on that because people would come up the connection. They go either uh, toward downtown or towards uh, over towards uh, uh, veterans. Um, so it, would, it we were under very strict instructions. You start at 7 and you end at 9. And if there's somebody that hasn't crossed that line by 9, you don't count them. And because it was the first one that's been done, um, it'll sort of it'll give us a base count. I, th- I think there's a decision now that we need to do more counts, and we'll probably do them in in, in slightly different places. Um, but it's it's a learning process. But it gives you some data to know where people are biking and where they're not biking. Did it, did anything in the data that was produced surprise you? Surprise the council? Things that you weren't expecting? What what did uh, I mean? There's a lot of data here. You did uh, dozens of these counts and, and uh, logged hundreds of different uh, bikers and walkers. So what's the data telling you? Well, it reaffirms one thing. It reaffirms is the bike trails, the bike paths are very heavily used. And to me, that says, and we, we need to do some more working on this, but to me, that says, if you give people a place where they can bicycle and feel safe, they will use it. I, I think it's a strong case for uh, expanding that trail system. We, um, we usually, let me, let me ask you about that, because we usually think about the trails as primarily recreational. You mentioned that you use one of the trails to get to work uh, back when you were uh, working for a state agency there. Uh, does that suggest we need more trails like this in ways that could help people get you know, through the city, get into downtown? Is there a strategic way to do that? Uh, because, as you noted, safety is a big factor on this. No, um, I think that's what this. I think that's what this will show us eventually. I think so. I live now out out in Bolingbrook uh, on the corner of Washington and Veterans. Um, I don't ride Washington when people are rushing to work in the morning. I get across there, cut through the Shell station, and go kind of skitter down the side of it. If there were a protected bike lane there, and that's what the master plan calls for then I could go right down Washington, but um, I wouldn't do that. You know, <clears throat> some people might, people that are faster bikers than I'm, I'm kind of old and overweight, Jim, so I don't go very fast. <laughs> well, uh, you know, and uh, I, I, I get the, the, tension between drivers and bikers i myself also being old and fat not a biker at all uh but when i'm on the the city streets and there's a bicyclist there taking up some of that space uh, i find myself tensing up a little bit i don't want to put that person in danger neither do i want to have something i'm not expect happen that uh, potentially puts me in danger too and we've seen as I, I noted the backlash when the city has tried to do more to be more um uh, 
cooperative, more uh, helpful to bikers. So, uh, you know, it's one thing to have this data and the mayor appointed this council to come up with information like this. But do you get the sense that there is real interest in in making more opportunities for bicyclists, for pedestrians? We're very much a a, a car oriented town. Um, We are. But, you know, I I used to work at Revenue, as you know, and the they had that Curb Your Car Challenge every spring in May run by the Regional Planning Commission. Mm-hmm. And um, I volunteered. I had a lot of fun doing it, trying to get – there's a lot of interest in there. There's a lot of people who would like to bike to work because there's real advantages to it, Jim. You know, you, you save some money. I started biking. I traded in my four-cylinder Ford Ranger for a six-cylinder Dodge Dakota, and um, I used and, and and of course, as soon as I did, the price of gasoline spiked, um, and I used to put thirty dollars in it every two weeks, and it got to where thirty dollars wasn't filling half the tank. That's when I started. So you save money there. It's I don't like to go to gyms. You get a little exercise. Um, it's, you're not polluting the, the atmosphere, um, and, and you just feel good. And the people that tried it when we were at Revenue, um, he, I, I used to tell my boss, he, he would say to me, well, how was the bike ride in today? And I'd say, Hey, the best part of my day after I get here, Brian, it's all downhill. <laughs> um, it, 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 it just makes you feel good. So I think there's a real interest there. I think what we have to do is, you know, and you talk about this conflict, and, and it, is, it is certainly there, but what we need to do is develop places to bike so that we reduce that conflict between cars. And, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not a terribly patient driver. I hate to sit behind some. I'd hate to sit behind me, you know, plod my low butt down the road but i think i think that's what that's the challenge of the advisory council is to find ways and places where bikes and cars can coexist and both can be happy and satisfying. Uh, to, to that end, uh, I know from the press release, you uh, pointed out uh, some of the, uh, the the highest traffic areas for uh, bikers and walkers. Uh, and one of uh-huh. those was uh, a, a main intersection, West Washington at Durkin, where you counted uh, in, in a single count over that two-hour period, 35 people on bikes, 12 walkers or runners. Uh, and that's not insignificant, but you know, it's certainly it's dwarfed by the number of cars that go through there. Uh, is it practical? Practical to make those accommodations for what would seem to be a relatively small number of people. Um, the the accommodation there may well be to sign a roof. Well, the accommodation there is to either build a protected lane on Washington, um, or to sign it inside. Though I'll just I, I'll just confess here, I did the Washington and Durkin count because it's right out by me, mm-hmm. and there would have been no bikes there except that there was a, a group ride starting at bike tech. And that was about 30 of the 35. I see. And the other five and the other five were riding on the sidewalk because you'd be crazy between four and six to ride on Washington street with all, with all of the traffic. So, but 
put all the traffic on Washington Street and give people another route um, to get downtown. And and you know I I've I've found one. Now you you go a little out of your way, but it's it's much more pleasant. And you and you're only on Washington Street, either above or below Regency Nursing Home. And for example, if you had a protected lane just just down on that end, then you could run your bike route and on the on the side streets, winding them around through there. And you'd only have to be on Washington, where the you'd only have to pay to build a protected lane, just down at the very end there. We're talking with Mike Clemens. Yeah, we're talking with Mike Clemens of the Springfield Bicycle Advisory Council, uh, and Mike, we're going to have the mayor on the program later this week. I'm going to be sure to ask him about this and uh, you know what uh, he sees as the potential future prospects. But any project like this is going to take some time. Obviously, it's going to take some money. In the meantime, for people who do want to take more advantage of being able to bike or walk around town and to do so safely, your organization has some resources for people like that. Well, there, there's, a, there's a great resource, and thank you for asking that question. The, uh, uh, the council, Ride Illinois, which is an advocacy organization, but primarily Tom Clark, who is the, the chair of, of the council, um, have updated the Springfield bike map. And it's paid for by all the, the bike shops in town. You know, they chip in. They get, a, they get, they get the maps. Um, the, to, to give out. So I would encourage anyone who, and what the, the maps are color-coded, and, the, and, and if you read the coding, it'll tell you which streets to stay off and which streets to go on. So, you know, go to one of the bike shops in town. You know, you, you've got R&M, Bike Tech, um, the Bicycle Doctor. Um, Ace Bicycle Shop. Ace. Shields, wheel fast, yeah. So, uh, so all yeah. those places would have a copy of that. People can pick that up and, and be able to utilize that. In the meantime, this and, 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 and go ahead. Those guys, those guys funded it. They paid the money to have it printed. So, um, a they'd like to see you in there to do their business, but they're 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 all they're happy to sh- share a copy with you. And in the meantime, if people would like to read more about this study, what you found, uh, and to uh, uh, maybe uh, try to get out there to advocate more for more bike-friendly and walker-friendly opportunities here locally, uh, your organization has a website. How do people find that? Um, we do not have a website. Um, we have, we're placing this study with, with all the numbers in it, and I, um, I don't think I bored board you with all the numbers, Jim, but <laughs> with all the numbers on it, on the Springfield Bicycle uh, Club's website. Their website, Springfield Bicycle Club, okay. Yeah, and it, it, it's their website, and they went up to uh, allow us a spot to put it, um, and because my laptop closed on me, I can't tell you the address. I, I well, I think I've got, I've got it right here, actually. So it's uh, S- okay. spfldcycling.org, you know, so the, the abbreviation for Springfield, spfldcycling.org, Springfield Bicycle Club's website, and that has the study that was conducted by the Springfield Bicycle Advisory Council, a different but certainly uh, supportive organization. Uh, and so, Mike Clemens, people can go check out the study there on the Bicycle Club's website. They can pick up that uh, bike map at the local 
local bike shops. And they can continue to listen here because as we learn more about whether uh, these plans will come to fruition, we'll bring it to them right here on WMAY. In the meantime, Mike Clemens, thanks so much for your time here this afternoon. We appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity, Jim. We, I appreciate it.